Welcome to another Inside Line podcast with Dr. Daniel Cameron. In tonight's episode, Dr. Cameron will be discussing the case of two children who are both ill with Lyme disease and mononucleosis. The case was first described in the Clinical Medicine and Research in 2018. Good evening, Dr. Cameron. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for leading the discussion, Darlene. Can you start off and tell us a little bit about each case? We'll start with the first case. We have a five-year-old boy who had pain in the stomach, intermittent fevers, the neck was hurting, fatigue, and sore throat. And the doctors tested for both mono and Lyme disease. The mono came back positive, but so did the Lyme test. The Lyme test came back as an IgM pattern, which is what you typically see in early Lyme. It was three out of three bands. But because the doctors often pick one diagnosis, they picked the mono and decided that Western blot was a false positive. Two days later, though, the boy presented with multiple erythema migraine rashes that you usually see in disseminated Lyme disease. So instead of a false positive, the rash meant it was a true positive, and the doctors decided to also treat for Lyme disease, and they uh, prescribed 14 days of amoxicillin. In this case, the doctors were testing for Lyme at the same time, and because we have a erythema migraine rash situation, is that instead of tossing it, the boy was lucky enough to get Lyme rashes, and there were multiple Lyme rashes, and so fortunate that the child was able to get uh, diagnosed and treated. Now, the second case uh, also involved a young child, an eight-year-old boy who developed similar symptoms. Can you tell us a little bit about that case? Well, we have an eight-year-old boy who had a variety of symptoms like fevers, headaches, sore throat, abdominal pain, tiredness, muscle soreness, joint pain. And they tested for um, you know, typical group A strep, and they tested for mono, which is common in, in an eight-year-old, and those were all fine. There was no history of a rash or a tick bite, but because the Lyme test came back positive, they looked at Lyme disease, and again, this was an IgM pattern, which is early Lyme disease, and because that's the only thing positive, they said that's Lyme disease. They started on amoxicillin. The child just happened to have continued symptoms. He had fevers and worsening abdominal and joint pain. And so the doctors apparently ordered some more blood tests. The mono came back as positive. You know, you might say, well, I'm going to toss the, the Lyme test because that's IgM. It's early. But if the IgM changes to IgG, IgG is an indicator of later Lyme disease. You know, four to six weeks after an IgM, you get IgG. So they couldn't toss the Lyme because now there's six out of 10 IgG uh, Western blood bands. So they said this is definitely a case of mono and Lyme disease at the same time. And they treated the boy with amoxicillin for 21 days. Both of these cases are reflective of clear cases of mono and Lyme disease. 
And both of these kids um, recovered completely with the treatment. Apparently, according to the authors, and, and usually it, it works out pretty well if you diagnose the Lyme disease. There's no great treatment for mono other than TLC, you know, fluids, uh, rest, and those kind of things. But if for some reason they truly didn't get the rash like they did in the first case and tossed the IgM Western blot, the kid might not have gotten treated and might have gone on and had some more chronic Lyme issues. And if you're a young boy of five, it might have taken a while to diagnose fatigue, concentration problems, you know, headache, lightheadedness, like a POTS type uh, or PANS, which is neuropsych issues. So uh, fortunately, uh, by getting the rashes, they were able to keep the doctors on track and get treated. On the second case, they could have easily missed the case. They could have easily had problems if they tossed the IgM, Western blot, because the IgG became positive. And many people, they just get the uh, M and it never seems to turn into an IgG pattern. The five-year-old and the eight-year-old were successfully treated. You know, mono and uh, Lyme disease sh uh, share a lot of uh, similar symptoms, right, and presentations. So you makes you wonder how many children could possibly have mono present have symptoms of mono when they in fact um, have Lyme disease. They're both capable, especially early, of looking alike. Have you seen mono and Lyme disease in patients in your own practice? I have seen both. I also see stories of someone being tested for mono, four weeks past, six weeks past, and somehow the child's still sick. And it might take months for the parents to realize that Lyme disease was there at the same time. And so by that time, the mono isn't a story anymore. It's really the more chronic or um, neuropsych issues, neurologic issues. And it could be that the Lyme disease was actually there all along. And when they got the mono, it affected the immune system enough that, uh, yes, they had mono, but the Lyme disease uh, was uh, activated and became more active and uh, became very important to that child. You had mentioned in the uh, podcast script that some of the mono patients who are treated with amoxicillin develop a rash. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yes. In medical school, we're always taught that if someone breaks out in a generalized rash, to look for mono because mono is a virus. And if you're treating for a bacterial infection, the amoxicillin uh, can trigger a generalized rash. So both of these kids were treated with amoxicillin, and neither one developed a rash. They both were lucky. And can you uh, talk a little bit about the difference between a mono Epstein-Barr syndrome and chronic fatigue syndrome? We all kind of understand mono. You get a virus. It's called a kissing disease if you happen to be a teenager. You can get mono just hanging around people that you don't have to kiss, don't have to share glasses. So mono we know. Mono um, can be uh, something that lasts for a week, four weeks, six weeks. Uh, sometimes you have mono and you don't even feel it. So that's why lots of people go through mono. And the only reason we know they have mono is because the blood test shows Epstein-Barr antibodies. Or they might show cytomegalar 
virus antibodies. As soon as you have fatigue for a long time, they say, well, maybe it's the mono. Maybe it's the virus that's mono called Epstein-Barr or cytomegalovirus. So maybe that's the cause of Epstein-Barr syndrome. Now we call it chronic fatigue syndrome because we're not sure mono has anything to do with it. Sometimes when you go to the doctor, they'll often do a mono test, but sometimes they're just doing an Epstein-Barr test and it has antibodies. So they blame the illness on Epstein-Barr. When really the Epstein-Barr is just old, I tell them at least if they're still sick to make sure they're not missing Lyme disease. When, when should you pay attention to a positive Epstein-Barr test then? Well, if an Epstein-Barr is an IgM pattern, then we think of it as early disease. So if you get an IgM pattern, that's fresh. If you get an IgG pattern, that means it's been around a while. Once in a while, you get a G pattern, G pattern, G pattern, but there's a fourth Epstein-Barr test that says there's a, some M component to it. In my case, because I work with Lyme, you can't tell the difference between someone who says they have chronic fatigue, someone who says they have fibromyalgia, or they say they have Lyme disease. They look alike. I'm not so sure anybody who's got a diagnosis can be absolutely sure which is which. So I just tell them to make sure that part of your workup is that you include a doctor who knows Lyme disease rather well, just so you don't miss a treatable illness. Why is the IgM blood test results for Lyme disease often dismissed? Well, in medical school, they teach a virus called hepatitis. And hepatitis, you always get M. Then within four to six weeks, you always get the G. For some reason, people get stuck with an M pattern. They don't turn to G. So infectious disease doctors say, well, I thought you'd always get G. So lots of people don't get the G that we expect. So what, what do you think the takeaway is from both of these cases, which are fairly similar? I think that when you have a child who's ill and you're thinking about mono, you're thinking about Lyme, is don't rush to judgment with the first test that comes along and call everything mono or call everything Lyme. And also because uh, Lyme is often diagnosed a little later is that keep track of, of that child because it might turn out that the symptoms persist, that it might end up being Lyme after all. And don't just immediately funnel a mono case to the EBV slash CMV, which is Epstein-Barr and cytomegalovirus. Just use the medical common sense, and I think it'll go a long ways toward preventing a misdiagnosis or a delayed diagnosis. Thank you, Dr. Cameron, for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell.